Oh, I'm kind of glad I walked. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we noticed it before we got much further. <laughs> if we noticed, if we didn't notice until the episode was was done, I I really don't know what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's just meet after Thanksgiving. And we'll do it all again. <laughs> just um, so we'll uh we'll upload the episode. It, it'll just be m- me. Um, you'll have to imagine that Renu is there. Uh, uh, in fact, it'll just be me twice. You'll hear me overlaid on top of myself. It'll be like good quality you and bad quality you because it's recording through the Discord audio. I can can be your angle or your devil. All right. Well, let's let's try that again with take two. Welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your chainsaw man, Soup. And I'm your totally not in a death game soccer guy, Renu. Even though soccer is a death game and we all know it. If you really think about it, what is soccer but a uh, but a team death game that you play <laughs> against other teams? Yeah, to an audience. <laughs> To, to an audience, which is, I mean, to be fair, most death games, I feel like, go out to an audience. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> well, uh, this week stands, uh, at stands for Absolute Territory, because we'll be talking about, sampling, um, discussing the fall 2022 season, which obviously I realize is about halfway over already, um, but it just be like that on this bitch of an earth, really. Um, oh, wow. We're- You're going to blame the earth? <laughs> Yeah, we're I'm I'm blaming the concept of time. Oh. Yeah, we got a little a little off kilter there um in the in the sort of middle of the year it's all it all got a little fuzzy and we're still kind of making up for that but it, well anyway um what have what have you been up to what have you been up to um I've just been slowly but surely preparing for the holidays i got clover groomed yesterday so she is looking spiffy she got her a little a little pink bow that they gave her so she's all clean and beautiful and i got a haircut today so that i can Ah. also look presentable to my family (laughs) very nice very nice yes (laughs) what kind of haircut did you you just get like a couple inches off or what yeah exactly it was just like okay Yeah, yeah 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 i'm getting a haircut on monday Ooh, what you gonna get? Undecided yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I've been cutting my hair a little shorter recently, just because it is a little easier to manage when it's a little shorter. Uh, and I've been, uh-huh. you know, rocking rocking the longer hair for a little bit, which is really funny because, like, at the same time, you know, I just like there's certain people that I just like don't see ever. Right. So it's like they'll see me and like I'll have just gotten a haircut and my hair will be like shorter than it usually is. And they're like, wow, your hair's longer than I remember. And I'm like, it it is, but it is not like this is this is now a this is now a special state. Like this is shorter than it, it, it usually has been. 
in, mm. for the past couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, that's exciting. Anything else you've been up to? I think that's basically it. I've also been working on like editing like an Inktober, Art- Arttober ish video. Oh, um, fun, fun, yeah, fun, so- fun. Yeah, we're in the middle of NaNoWriMo, and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I've done nothing. Oh, you haven't worked on it? <laughs> uh, not, not at all. Uh, it has been, uh, shall we say, uh, a, a quite, quite a, a busy couple of weeks for me. Um, yeah, there's, I, I don't know. Uh, when I kind of look back on it, I'm not exactly sure what has been going on. It just feels like time has been passing, and. I, de- I mean, to be fair, the last, the last like couple of days, um, last like, uh, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five, the last five or so days, I've been working on like a, a work thing. So that really explains oh. why I haven't been able to do anything else. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I ideally would like to get to it if I have uh, have the time, but uh, as always, there's always other obligations that I need to need to attend to. Um. And it may just be, it may be just be one of those times where I, I just say, ah, maybe not this year. I mean, I have a head start that is quickly dwindling um, from the stuff that I wrote, um, I believe, last year. Uh, but I just, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, been, a, been a busy couple of weeks for me. Yeah, I mean, I've, if half over half the month is over, then maybe you could just be like, "Well, next year," or <laughs> make next it a- year. I'll just work on it, like you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, when it's not November and yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, or yeah, or not work on it on a different month. You know, just be like, I still yeah. want to do the challenge, but I want to do it on a month that's a little more suitable. <laughs> yeah, just been, I yeah, I just feel like I've been all all over the place. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff I need to need to get done. Uh, one of which, of course, is editing the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, been been a struggle to find time to even do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anyway, yeah, I've been I've been trying to I've been trying to like take some concerted time to, to rest but it feels like every time yeah. i try to do that something else comes up and it's like ah <laughs> screams yeah i don't uh you you've always struggled with the whole like managing your time situation <laughs> yeah i mean that's 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 true i just like i'm bad at having like idle time <laughs> you don't know um, what to do with it or no, it's not. It's it. not that. It's just that anytime I have it, I'm I'm just like, uh, you know, what if I like schedule something for this time slot because it's free now. Now I can do something with it, right? Yeah. So it's like it's less like I I get bored or I don't know what to do, and more like you know I, uh, I I just like schedule it out of my out of my week. Right. You're like, okay, I have a free amount of time. I'm gonna dedicate it to this thing. Uh, that's been that's been going. I'm trying desperately uh, when I don't. Uh, have obligations, which is hopefully, I say hopefully next week. That's not actually even true, but hopefully, uh, shortly I will have enough like runway space to just take a couple of days to be like worthless and useless and not like anything and just completely flush the the caffeine dependence out of my body. Um, <laughs> that is that is my that is my like number one priority right now. Um, uh huh. 
is uh, I need to do that. And then I need to uh, take care of my um, of the stuff that will be tied to my parents insurance before it runs out on my birthday, which is coming up rapidly. Oh gosh, yeah. Um I do have an insurance plan for uh for when it ends. Um mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting it through um through Gwen's work. So luckily oh, I nice. will have insurance after that. I mean, yeah. It expen- expensive. Insurance is expensive, but is. um you know, we're better to be insured than not to be insured. <laughs> Uh, well, especially and, if you have a yeah. medical, any kind of medical condition, or right, whatever. yeah. I mean, at the very least, right? Like, uh, like I, I need I, I stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like that's very, very pressingly uh, vital to to my existence is to have uh, the ability to see things. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um. I mean, other stuff like I'm, um, I'm getting legally married like s- next week. I say, which is a completely irrelevant statement for the podcast because it will not, it will not come out. This event will have already happened, so I, I will be married by then. Oh, so you will you you got the you're gonna do the certificate the the courthouse and then the- yeah, so like le- <laughs> the legal the legal stuff we're taking care of, and then. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then we'll plan a wedding for uh for 2024 uh of which of course Renu you are invited. Yes. <laughs> so you better I'm better make <laughs> better make some some time. I think it's going to take I place will. in kind of like the the early early springish season, I think. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. We can't book the venue until a year in advance, so that's when we'll start like actually planning stuff. Mm. Um but yeah. So that's that's I'm so exciting. Excited. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, early congratulations to you and Gwen. That's so nice. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Well, shall we sample some anime? Heck yeah. Shall we sample Just as important as getting married. Man, I mean, listen, (laughs) if I had to choose between marriage and anime, I really have to think about it. Health insurance, really nice. Anime, I don't know if I could live without it. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, uh, this season is actually like off the rocker. Like, oh my god, there's so much stuff to watch. <laughs> I, oh man, it it's been like a couple of seasons since we've had a season this like ridiculously stacked with good shows. <sighs> Feels like everything we're watching is good. So weirdly, contrarily, it means that. Ideally, this episode is not going to be that long. Uh, yeah, because we haven't been able to catch up on much. <laughs> we're, we ended up like continuing to watch most of the stuff that we're watching. And the new yeah. format of the sampler is that we try not to spend a ton of time talking about the stuff that, that we are intending on, on watching still. Uh, right, because... we're going to keep it like intro, surface level, so that we can save the discussion for the wrap-up. Right, exactly, because you, you don't need to hear us say the same things like over, over and over again. This was less of a problem, I feel like, when we, when we started doing samplers and wrap-ups, mm-hmm. but by the kind of end, 
point that we're at right now, like we've been doing this for a couple of years, I feel like we've gotten a really good by watching so much anime, we've just got kind of a really good sense of like stuff that's going to be good and like why it's probably going to be good. So like mm-hmm. we could still, you know, obviously talk about like predictions and like, you know, what could the themes of this show be? And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's let's just get right into it yeah. with uh, the hot hot anime of the season, which is really funny because if you told people, if you ask people what the hot anime of the season is, I think like almost everybody would have a different answer. I think probably half of people would say Chainsaw Man. Obviously, um, yeah. I would I would say probably Chainsaw Man is is the like dominating kind of presence. Yes, which is for a couple of reasons um, that we'll we'll kind of get into. Um, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people still watching Spy X Family. That show is still mm-hmm. very popular. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are still watching Mob Psycho 100. It's got the yes. the Reagan Arataka Tumblr sexy man kind of uh, <laughs> prestige behind it. Uh, I would say that a lot of people are um, watching the new Gundam show, uh, which from uh-huh. Mercury. And um, I would say also a lot of people are watching Bochi the Rock. Um, very specifically, a lot of the people that um, I feel like are interested in kind of the the craft of animation and the direction of animation um, tend to think tend to view Bochi as like um, one of the one of the best things that is airing right now, which is mm. very compelling because it's stacked up against like these like titans that are airing right now. <laughs> Yeah, you can always tell when something is like really popular, um, especially because if you kind of pay attention to, or if you follow a lot of like artists on like a platform like oh my know, Instagram gosh, yes. or Twitter, mm-hmm. you you get a, a sense of what is the a most popular kind of thing going on. And I would I would say it's almost definitively Chainsaw Man. Yeah, generally, I mean, there's also the trend of like people drawing the new anime waifu of the season. Oh yeah. Um, this this season it's definitely at least according to my feed has been power from Chainsaw Man. But then last season it was your from Spike's family. I think it's really funny because power has become very popular. I mean, I can kind of guess, right? I think I think she has all of the qualities of a really like fun character. Mm-hmm. But it's really funny because I feel like before the anime came out, a lot of the art was geared towards Makima. Oh, mm-hmm. and it might just be because she isn't as prominent in the like very early parts of the story as she is mm-hmm. in the later parts, right? Yeah. Um, so that's my guess. I mean, obviously, sure. like Chainsaw Man is really great because, like, if you can tell, we're we're talking about Chainsaw Man. It's the first thing on our list. Um, <laughs> we'll just get into it. <laughs> we'll we'll just we'll just get into it. Um, Power is a. Power is a character that is like very describable as uh as like a as like a a herbo like a female himbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is which is actually different from from a bimbo. Yeah. Um these are different different classifications, but she just has that kind of like very roughshod like uh incredibly stupid but like in an amusing way uh mm-hmm. kind of charm to her, which is really funny. When you pair her with Denji, who is, like, on the exact same end of the spectrum where he's also really stupid. Mm-hmm. And it, it just becomes quite endearing to watch. Um, yeah, so chain- I do like their interactions. <laughs> yeah, so Chainsaw Man is, is a very interesting piece of media because it is, um, so it is by uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto, who is, um, I feel like, I feel like people really, like, um, 
like he really kind of blew up uh, after the end of uh, of Chainsaw Man Part One, um, which is the manga has Chainsaw Man Part One and then uh, Chainsaw Man Part Two. Um, part two has just started serialization, and he um, serialized a or uh, he um, wrote a couple of one shots in between. Um, and the interesting thing about uh, Fujimoto is that the art is really like the art style is very specific, right? It's very unique. Um, it is more like it's closer to the kind of like realism end of of like anime, uh, uh, you know, style depictions, and it's also. It's also kind of roughshod, like the line work is very much like, um, like it hasn't necessarily been lined so much as like, you just kind of boldened all of the sketch lines, right? Oh, interesting. Um, I'm looking it, at it right now, the, some screen yeah, yeah. pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chainsaw Man is, is really interesting, um, but you can, you can tell that there is a, a very definite like, um, like technical proficiency there, um, and you know, I think more importantly, there's a kind of like expressive um, element to it uh, when you when you really read the manga and you look at the way the the panels are are composed. Um, it's very yeah. like it's very dynamic, um, but it's also really interesting because it's like it's not particularly like pretty to look at, but that kind of works for it. It feels very like raw. It it reminds me a lot of um, just like f- something like Attack on Titan. Where the art style is like actually <laughs> really kind of bad, <laughs> but like but uh, but different, right? Um, because in this case, I I think it errs more on the side of like being good. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say it's it's this, it's the type of style that you can get away with because you you've so mastered traditional ways of doing art, so you know how to break the rules and it looks like this person is yeah that's confident it's, at that. it feels very like there's almost a kind of like uh how do i put this it's like a very grounded abstraction right yeah like the art style isn't particularly like anime-y but at the same time it's like it's not like it's like you know perfectly realistic or anything um no, I think it it's it's definitely a style that services the story in a really great way. Yeah, I I, w- I would definitely say so. Um, it's also like Fujimoto has this uh habit of making show or making I say making shows making um media that is um like his his manga work uh his original serialization I believe was Fire Punch, which is about a guy who is on fire all the time. <laughs> so like you could really see the kind of like artist the, the sort of like thematic line between fire yes. punch and chainsaw man yes i mean it'd be like that right i feel like a lot of authors like their breakout hit sometimes is just like a rehash or like kind of like a duo right it's like, right. It's like their, yeah it's like a, it's a refinement of the thing yes. that they they did yes, they're like yes, ah yes. no way I, I got it this time yeah um but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of I would say uh, I would I would almost I would dare to say that there is a um, quite a high density of material to like uh, dissect when talking about Chainsaw Man to the point where I'm like really tempted to just like pull it out of uh, of the wrap up and just spend an episode talking about Chainsaw Man um, because I think there's so much that you you can talk about. Um, <laughs> It is about a world that is modern day Japan 
um, slash the world, except there are devils. And the scarier the concept of the devil, the more strong it is. And yes. the main character is a boy who um, merges with the Chainsaw Devil. That's the plot of Chainsaw Man. And um, hearing the synopsis of the plot will not prepare you for how absolutely unhinged this show is. Yes, it's definitely... Um... I mean, you can probably tell just by looking at the art, but it's definitely meant for a mature audience. There's a lot of yes, violence yeah, in it, yeah, but there's yeah. also like some some sexy scenes and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like. Um, I think this is really interesting. Um, I will I will talk about this now. Um, I think there is a very intimate relationship that the themes of Chainsaw Man has in terms of the the sort of like ultra violence that it has right the yeah. very like over the top um hyper stylized like gore that it has sure. um connected to the way more subtle forms of violence that it has right like um just kind of the like way that Denji was treated as and like dehumanized and used as a tool and then like you know the Yakuza members that were using him like that in turn got used by the devils and um and it just like kind of keeps going it's really funny if you look at the chain of Chainsaw Man where if you watch the first like five or six episodes what you get is like you get this um you get this like uh guy who just like is not is basically not a person and then you have him go to like a government agency where he's put under the care of of, of a, another guy who's like what why do i have to take care of this guy and then like next episode uh he's like okay now you uh, now you denji you have to take care of of power and power shows up and is also <laughs> insane and then like you go to the next episode and and you learn that aki was un was under the 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 care of another you know, a devil hunter, and you're like, this chain just goes all the way down. Like everybody's just, <laughs> everybody here is literally just, just put and like, um, put in a position where they have to watch over somebody who is somehow more insane than they are. Yeah, I am so interested in learning more about the themes that the story is trying to tell because there's there's some that are very apparent from the get go, and then there are some that I'm like. I have to wait to see where the story goes, but I'm really interested in it because obviously yeah. the, the, the manga is highly regarded, but also like, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> I do not know exactly where the anime is going to stop. I don't know if they're intending on covering the entirety of part one or not. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really interested to know because uh, where it ends is is like very important for how much you can talk about the themes of, of Chainsaw Man. And man, there is a lot to digest and think about like honestly for a for a series that is serialized in shonen jump it's actually like off the wall bonkers how dense it is with with meaning and yeah it's interesting that it's caught on as kind of a mainstream hit because at the same time like uh it is so it, it's so like symbolically dense and like thematically dense and like yeah all of these things are so intimately intertwined yeah. with each other in like this way where it is it can be very difficult to pull them apart. I remember when I finished part 1, I like mm. had to just like sit I had to sit on it for a couple of days before I <laughs> I like could even think about what I had just like what I had just read and like yeah. what the fuck any of it meant. Yeah. So I have um, I have some ideas. So I I would 
want to say that like one of the reasons why it's probably so successful is that it manages to do all of that, right? It manages to balance what people might be looking for in a Shonen Jump manga, which is like, you know, quote unquote, cheap thrills, right? They want to see the thing explode. They want to see the action man do the action thing, right? Like that's all very cool. And it feels very satisfying to watch from moment to moment. But then it also, for people who like to think about their manga, you know, they don't want just just the surface level stuff. They want to like think really deeply about you know, themes and stuff like that. It also is satisfying in that regard because there's a lot of complexity to the characters and the setup that's going on in the story. Um, just to the point that you, yeah, you don't necessarily know exactly where the story is headed, but you're very invested and you're intrigued as to where it's going. Um, so I think it satisfies both audiences or, um, you know, it has it has a little bit of something for for general readers, you know, regardless of where they're coming from, to be able to appreciate something from this series. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed from what we've seen of the anime, at least so far, because it's, I mean, it's oh, yeah. very clear that they put all of their money and all of their A-team, like S-tier team, like whatever, everything into, yeah. into the anime. So <laughs> Chainsaw Man done by Studio Mappa, and yeah. they really, really kind of like, uh, really kind of put it all together there um and i think yeah. i think for for its credit um it is one of the best implementations of cg in an otherwise not cg anime yeah. Yeah. right it it is it's integrated almost like almost seamlessly because of how um because of just kind of how consistent it is in terms of like you know a lot of the CG scenes are are going to be like of of chainsaw man right of of denji <laughs> yeah. becoming the chainsaw man yes um and it works in the sense that you know he is occupying this like kind of otherworldly uh not quite human state so in contrast right to even the other sort of devils you see um he stands kind of alone as as an entity like actually kind of works when when they do the CG uh yeah. and makes it feel like there's a point to it and also like you know the, obviously the CG is good and part of the reason that it works is because the um because the style uh like the uh of like you know um Tatsuki Fujimoto's style is very much a lot you know closer to uh a reflection of reality right mm um, and part of the way that, that it feels like they've done that is, um, a lot of the animation feels like you can see more of the modeling behind it. Right. So even though mm -hmm. it's obviously a, a, you know, a 2d anime, it kind of feels like, uh, you know, they either rotoscope some scenes or, oh, sure. uh, or at the very least are emulating the kind of like rotoscoping feel. Um, yes. And they, They've kind of kept the like messy line work uh, in a lot of ways, which really works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and all of these things kind of lend to a very consistent style, even when they introduce CG and even when they use CG for uh, things that are not, you know, Chainsaw Man, right? You know, like yeah. there's a very like, uh, I remember in the last episode we watched, there's a, there's a very like short uh, cut where um, it's a top-down view and you can see Aki walking and he's like CG rendered, but it looks fine, right? It yeah. looks completely consistent with the rest of the show. Um, it does not take you out of it at all. Right, and I think that's one of the keys to effectively using 3D 
animation or graphics in a in what's you know what people expect to be a 2D animation is that it doesn't take away from the show. It doesn't necessarily break you out of the immersion. You might notice it. You'll be like, oh, I think that's CG right there, and it's very evident, of course, like you said, when Chainsaw Man makes his first appearance when he first transforms, but um, it it does it in a way that feels like it's servicing the story, right? Um, and he still like exudes that fear of like, oh my gosh, he's got he's got bloody teeth. He's he's crazy looking. This is intense. Like, right? It doesn't ruin any of the atmosphere or mood. Versus like when you can tell that it's done in a way to save on budget or you know animation costs or whatever in other in other anima- animations we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. Where, yeah, you just, you you get taken out of the story to the point that you're like, oh, look at that funky CG over there. Look at that CG crowd and in, in, over there. And you're not paying attention right, to the story exactly. at all, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels it feels like the CG is is largely on purpose, right? Yes, It, it yes. largely is, is used as a technique rather than just, ah, fuck, we're out of time. I guess we'll right. have to fill in these crowds so we don't have to Correct. do yeah. more work, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that just that just goes a long way, and I will also say this about Chainsaw Man. Um, before we move on, which is that the um the fact that they decided that they wanted a different ending for each episode is bonkers. Oh and my god! They, <laughs> and they basically they got like this is actually like wild, right? Because the 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 sort of like um artist list for their opening um and ending track list is like just. What they right? got huge musical artists, yeah. So to like do the, these songs in Japan, <laughs> the opening is by Kenshi Onizu, right? Which is already like, all right, oh, cool, okay, cool, yeah. But like you know, you have um, uh, it's really interesting because the the endings are um f- uh, from a mix of like really well known um, you know, artists like uh, like uh, what it what is that artist called Vondi? Vondi, yes, from uh, who did um, uh, Osama Ranking. Yeah, so Vondi did mm-hmm. Osama Ranking and obviously very uh, very in, in the now because of that now. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, uh, they got a lot of really popular, like, Vocaloid producers also on the team um, to do the endings. And each ending has its own, like, unique animated sequence. Yes. Yeah. Which is they, <laughs> wild. You just you just have to look at the list, right? Like Maximum the Hormone, who uh, famously did a song for Death Note. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> there's Anna, very very there's well done. Eve, Eve, um, who started. Off oh, they the even got an I'm. They got an Imer song. They got Imer. Yes. My they got God. Pseudo Queen Bee. Zutomayo. TK from Ling Toshite Shigure. Toboy, Vondi, and people want my god, dude. This is like this is like a best hits of like all the artists from the most popular like openings and endings of the last like five years. How much money do you have? And this the is answer actually, is all of it. This is actually ridiculous. <laughs> and yeah, they're so. they're just they're great. They're really fun. They're good. Yeah, they're good. And uh that's that's pretty much all I gotta say about Chainsaw Man now, but man, just you, just you wait till that season ends. Woo, boy! <laughs> Quaking. Okay. okay. Uh, Spy X Family second season. Uh, it yeah. is still good. We're still watching it. It's very cute. Um, 
I don't remember if they were doing this um, in season one, um, but it seems like season two is broken up into a lot more of the uh, of the like half uh, length episodes. So like you yeah. got you got like the the a the a sort of like episode and then the B episode, mm-hmm. um, and they're like you know they just play back to back. Yeah, that is. You're... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that is the the format that a lot of the uh, manga takes for much of its uh, sort of oh. run. uh-huh. It, it is a lot more like this, like, kind of slow-burning, slice-of-life uh, story um, okay. that has occasional, like, you know, stuff. I mean, it's good. It's cute. It's good, yeah. I would say if you're wondering whether you should continue watching to the second season they introduced the dog in this season great love to see it love to see yes. it <laughs> yeah all right um yeah that's all i got to say about that i mean it's, sure. it's still yeah. it's still really good um, yeah it's great okay we watched an episode of blue lock i don't know if you've have watched more of this i haven't okay all right because <laughs> i <laughs> I will. I will say. I am. I am wanting to to watch more of this. Are um, you? So, oh wow! Yeah, it's it's, it's on go. the list. Um, this show is fucking bonkers. It is about uh, a guy who is uh, too selfless in soccer, and so he his team loses a game, and then he gets scouted by the world's most uh in insane soccer m- m- recruiter. Who's like, yes. okay, Japan sucks ass at the World Cup. <laughs> so what we need is we just need a, we need a giga player. We need a player who is only playing for himself. Well, he's saying that the world's top um, soccer players, right? The, mm-hmm. the top strikers and forwards and, and, and all that, like the people who score the goals, right? He's saying that they are precisely where they are at the top of the world because they are the most selfish players right and he he quotes them and stuff like that and and uh talks about how good it is that they're such greedy players and they're only out for number one and that's how they got to be the best and he's saying that basically a bunch of the people who were gathered here they're all they're all like high school (laughs) soccer players right (laughs) (laughs) he's saying if you guys have any hope of going pro join my program and I will, whoever is left in the end will be guaranteed a spot on the Japanese international team. However, if you lose, you'll be banned from ever entering this team. And that's like the number one goal of any uh, Japanese soccer player going pro in, in this universe, right? Um, right. So um, he's giving them a crazy opportunity, but also putting them through a crazy experiment in the process. <laughs> So the the premise of Blue Lock is literally like, what if we made a death game, but they were yes. playing soccer? And they, yes, you know, I <laughs> fair enough. Like, I, so, I yeah, yeah, sure. So everything is paced with the intensity of a death game. Like these people are putting their lives on the line. Which, I mean, as essentially, it's their career that's on the line, right? And for someone who like aspires to play soccer professionally, like that. That essentially is your life, right? It's it's not a matter of like you dying afterwards, but professionally as as a career player, you would essentially quote unquote die in this game is is how they're setting it up, right? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um the animation is extremely intense. The stakes are very like <laughs> high. Everything is 
ex- is so exorbitantly dramatized and it's so entertaining to watch. <laughs> yeah, it is uh I mean, I I was definitely the most entertained I've ever been watching a sports anime. Um <laughs> It turns out all you had to do was uh people die, but not for you. <laughs> Uh yeah, it, it it it's a show that like doesn't take itself seriously at all by being right. extremely over the top about exactly. it. Exactly. Um, and that is very funny. Yes. It's hilarious it, to watch. <laughs> it is an intensely entertaining show. So <laughs> I I am wanting to watch more of it. I am yeah, wanting me too. to watch more of it. <laughs> It would be really funny if he just lost, and and he, that's just the end of the show. <laughs> like, All right, you're out. That's it. That's it's over. <laughs> like, oh, okay. What do we do now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Eminence in Shadow, uh, which is about a uh, guy who wants really, really badly to be um essentially like the Batman, but in real life. Uh, so he just trains to be the Batman. Um, he wants to be perceived as like a complete, you know, mob character. And then uh, also, but secretly, he's a vigilante that uh, mm-hmm. fights people and stops crime with his crowbar. Um, this show is, <laughs> I think, going to be very hit or miss, very dependent on on how you how you feel. Um the first yes. episode does have a uh, kind of a, 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 you know, the the sort of like, uh, ah, I'm going to sexually assault you so that the hero can save you kind of scene in it. Um, yes. And very, I, th- I think, I don't know. The thing about it is that it, it takes itself really seriously, which is... I think it it depends on how you can read the intent of it and what your sort of what your sort of uh tolerance for that kind of thing is because it is objectively kind of funny um yes. and it is it mm-hmm. objectively quite ridiculous because he gets into um the isekai world once he gets hit by a truck um and he just starts making stuff up from like a very chuny perspective. He's like, "Oh, this is all the plot of the demon lord and his revival and all that stuff," uh, and he's just making it up off the cuff. But then it all turns out to be real, and everything he says turns out to just be true. But he doesn't know about it, and like he creates this organization where like it's just a secret organization that is like trying to fix the world from the shadows but mm-hmm. he doesn't even know what they're actually doing he thinks that it's just doing a bit yeah he 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 like ends up recruiting a bunch of these ladies right like kind of like a harem style almost um and they he he basically blames their circumstances right if like they're enslaved or or, or whatever if they're caught in a bad situation he says that he's rescuing them from from this bad organization right it's all their fault and so then they all get together, they, they serve under him to find the root of this organization and wipe it out. And so they're all like, they, they happen across like, I don't know, like cult members and things like that, like all this bad stuff that's happening in the world. And they manage to connect it to this made up organization that he, that he, just, he just slapped a name on. And he's like, wow, they really whatever these bad people are doing just somehow gets connected to this organization that I made up. 
Yeah. So um, it is, I think, like, the anime takes a very different approach than the manga because I think the manga is much more overt about how absurd it is. Yeah. So how how amusing you'll find it is kind of how much you can buy into how like overly seriously it takes itself because i think that i think that is ultimately the point is i think it's like you know um the comedy of the manga is very like um very pointed about pointing out like how ridiculous it is and then the comedy of the anime is taking itself so overly seriously that um you have to you have to admit it's kind of absurd um and i think those those kinds those styles of comedy are are very different so what i what i Mm -hmm. was expecting going into the anime was not what i received i think it is actually quite funny when i think about it in retrospect um because getting an anime adaptation and then taking the anime adaptation overly seriously is is objectively kind of funny sure yeah i i i can i can understand that i think it's it yeah it is it is basically a matter of preference like do you want um, if you want it to be laid out plainly in in a comedic way, of course, which is on tone like like for the rest of the work, um, the setup of the story, then I would say that the manga is a great avenue to experience this story because it's it makes it very clear from the get go that it doesn't take itself seriously and that it's basically making fun of the protagonist right, yeah. along with the whole rest of the show. Right? It's it, it's like that. But the anime. Um, Starts off in such a way, like the entire first episode has such a serious tone to it, and the fact that it includes like the attempted sexual assault of a high school girl. Um, it can be at least when I was first watching it, I was confused because it played itself so seriously that I didn't even realize that it was going to be a comedy. Um, and so it was such a tonal like whiplash going from episode one to episode two because episode one takes place in the modern world right and then at the very end of episode one they mention as like like a footnote like a little like a little news news story on the tv that he got hit by a truck you don't even get to see it happen (laughs) and then um and then the second episode is a completely different tone um, you get to hear more of his thoughts that he's making everything up that he's been doing up until this point. You don't get as much of that in the first episode because it takes place in the perspective of the teenage girl. So you don't get to hear any of his thoughts in the fact that he's making up the whole world that he's in. Right. Um, so the first episode sets up kind of like a dark mystery kind of thing. It's like, this girl is trying to figure out why this guy can't even bother remembering her name. He treats her like an NPC. And so I thought it was kind of like a, uh, like this guy was isekai from a fantasy world to the modern world. That was my first conception of it. Because I was like, oh, he's, he's talking like he knows exactly what's going to happen, but he's treating her like an NPC. Is that what's going on? And then, no, it turns out that he... Uh, and, and and you showed me what it is in the manga is that he just takes himself so seriously he wants to be a hero from the shadows and and that's why he follows this girl and he somehow knows that she's going to be attacked and then he attacks the guy with the crowbar and then 
he gets hit by a truck at the end. And so the anime left me very confused. But I think there's like a very, probably I might be the only one that <laughs> ended up feeling that way because there's a lot of people, of course, that like this show. But um, I didn't understand the, uh, I guess, the tonal inconsistency. But like reflecting back on it, I think I can understand it based on the fact that they were trying to just like make a joke out of the entire thing that, like, because he takes it so seriously in the modern world, the anime decided to take it really seriously in the first episode. I, I think so, too, yeah. reveal it in the second episode. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like in general, it just, to me, kind of feels like the... They just played the bit out a little bit too long. Because, like, mm. he gets isekai'd in, like, two pages in the manga, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like in, in the original light novel. Um, It may mm. include that scene that might be more faithful to the light novel. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, I feel like you could have really gotten away with conveying the same amount of information for, uh, for like, 12 minutes, I think. You you could have wrapped it up in half an episode and then have the latter half of the episode be like, oh, he's actually kind of a dweeb. He's actually kind of a goober. Right. Um, I think I would have appreciated that more if th- by the end of the first right. episode, they would have conveyed, oh, this guy is just a clown, you know? Like, they they make it really clear in the first page of the manga that he is because he's <laughs> they draw him like he's a... Like a Hulk-shaped high schooler, right? And, <laughs> right, and he's so like, like, I okay, just want to yeah. be a normal boy. Yeah, I, I, okay, I understand what's going on here. <laughs> this guy is very dedicated to wanting to be a hero from the shadows, so he beefed himself up like crazy. Um, and they didn't even involve the whole, like, attempted attack on this girl or anything in the manga. They just, they went ahead with him being isekai So... For me personally, I would have, I guess, preferred for them to have introduced the, the premise a little sooner, um, uh, like within the first episode. But um, yeah, I would highly recommend if you want to check this out to to watch at least two episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. How about we talk about uh, Urusei Yatsura, which is a very interesting thing to get in the year of our Lord 2022, um, because this is like this is like a Rumiko Takahashi classic. Um, this is the thing is, if you have not been like alive, actually, I, I'm going to say this: if you haven't been alive, right, beyond a certain amount of time, there's a very good chance you don't actually know like who uh, who you know Lum is. Um, but she's she was like she was like the it girl for like for like anime and manga for like a generation, right? I mean, yeah, I feel like if you're any part of the anime community, you have at least seen her. You might not know who she is or where she's from, but you've at least seen this lady with like the teal hair and then the <laughs> and the striped outfit and the horns and everything. Like, like you've seen her f- somewhere. Um, and yeah, uh, the fact that. We are getting an Urusei Yatsura adaptation, a modern adaptation that, like, it, it does, I think, stay pretty faithful to Rumiko Takahashi's art style. Um, and it's it's the animation is pretty, right? It's not, um, at least in the first episode that we watched, they didn't seem like they were they're cutting corners and that kind of thing. I don't know about the rest of the season, but um, I would definitely say if you're 
if you don't know about Urusei Yatsura or you're a fan of the of the original work, then it could be worth checking out. It is a modern it is a modern adaptation of of a classic. And honestly, it's just it's it's funny because like Urusei Yatsura is like kind of this like it is it's a it's a sort of like uh window into another era of anime uh, uh, mm-hmm. with with very distinctly different sensibilities and you can kind of see the things that have changed and the things that have stayed the same. Urusei Yatsura came out in the 70s and ran until the late 80s, right? So it is yeah. uh I, this is like this is like the the anime TMCR. Um <laughs> you know, obviously it predates a ton of things and really the thing about like you know, Rumiko Takahashi is like a lot of the a lot of the stuff that she was writing becomes genre convention. Yeah. So like you know the, this kind of like um, you know a little sexy comedy, um, you know, a, a little sexy like rom com, um, you know, situation where like you have these like you know ridiculous love triangles and you got like something going on with the main character that is like out of the ordinary, um, and. All of, all of these kinds of of things are are traceable back to you know Urusei Yatsura and Ramna One Half um, and all that kind of stuff. Like this is before mm-hmm. the the advent of like the the harem anime um, as we know it, the harem genre as we know it, which you know obviously started back when when we had um, uh, Ken Akamatsu and Love Hina is when it really solidified into its modern form. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty delightful. Um, it definitely mm-hmm. still feels like it has a lot of that like um older sensibility to it um but oh, course, obviously yeah. the animation has uh has been like you know spiffied up um still very clearly Rumiko Takashi style which is always a delight to look at yes um i it kind of like the the modern treatment of it reminds me a bit of what they did with Osamatsu-san except i would say the what they did with uh Urusei Yatsura it's even prettier, right? It's it's a clean style, very colorful, um, but the animation is really good, um, at least what, from what we've seen of it. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm impressed. I I honestly was not expecting this at all to happen. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about I'm the villainous, so I'm taming the final boss, which is something that we have already kind of talked about um, uh, for quite some length when we did the villainous episode. Yeah. Um, the anime adaptation is fine. <laughs> it's it's kind of how I feel about it. Um, yeah, it, I was really excited for it, but um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. On the one hand, it's it, yeah, it it is fine. Like the the animation quality is like okay. Um, but uh, I guess if you're someone who's only read the manga, then there is some new content here because they included a ton of light novel only material yeah Um, yeah that's that's kind of the trade-off is that i feel Mm -hmm. like the the way that the story is told in the manga adaptation is uh, a lot better than the way it's told in the anime the anime feels just like i i don't know what it is but there's something about the anime that just feels a lot more generic even though technically speaking the content you're getting is is the same um and i think i I don't know. It feels very truncated, too. I think that's part of the problem. I think the problem is that they tried to fit, like, just a ton of stuff in uh, not a lot of episodes, you know? Like, if they yeah. have, like, probably, they probably have, like, 12, 13 episodes to work with, and they decided, yeah. 
well, we can't make it. Um, I think they just had to make a decision because it's like we can't make it just the first arc because like. Yeah, so the the manga is only 13 chapters, right? Uh-huh. So it's not overly too much to work with, um which is why I think they truncated it to like th- to th- like 3 or 4 episodes yeah. worth of content. Um <laughs> because otherwise they wouldn't be able to fit the rest of the content in, which I'm assuming that the amount of content is that they would they would need those episodes. Um and I don't know I think it does it does kind of suffer from that, right? It's like it's a very straightforward adaptation of the material. It is like it's just it's so so fast. Like all of the development that, you know, happens even in these like, you know, 13 chapters of the manga feels like it's really just kind of alighted over. I I feel like, you know, you just get a very like cliff notes sort of like um experience where you're just, like, getting all of the the story beats, but they're not delivered to you in any kind of, like, comprehensible way. They're just, like, right? Like, the thing about a story beat is that, like, it, it has to have, like, kind of a rhythm to it. So it's yeah. not just, like, bop, 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 bop. But that's, like, what mm-hmm. it feels like. It feels like the anime is, like, bop, 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 bop. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it doesn't so. feel like there's, like, a push and pull of, like, you know, your emotions are being pushed right. this way and then pulled it, that it way. It feels very monotonous <laughs> and, like, straightforward in how it delivers the story to yeah. you, which, which kind of sucks because I yeah. really liked the manga and the manga so felt good. like it yeah. was – it was developing and portraying the story a lot better, and I feel like we got a lot – uh, we got up to know a lot more about the side characters. Um, yeah. And as a result, it felt like the the sort of like main relationship was a lot more solid uh, by yes. the same point that it, it reaches in, in the anime. Whereas in the anime, it just kind of feels like, oh, it just kind of happens, I guess. Yeah, they're <laughs> in like, love now. <laughs> uh, they're married now. Uh, <laughs> right. And it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was I was looking forward to the show and it is fine and we're mostly watching it so we can get we can absorb the light novel content um <laughs> yeah. which is i mean interesting but also like you know also delivered in pretty much the exact same way where it's just like ah you, you got you got it is the plot here you go mm-hmm. so yeah yeah not not it's, overly it's, exciting yeah. um a, a little disappointing but yeah. i mean i i would just read the manga honestly oh god please read the manga <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the manga just is a lot more charming. The, the anime just feels so generic. Yeah, it's like animated generically, and yeah, the pacing is just a mess. And uh, the manga is beautifully drawn, and the pacing is perfect for the story. You feel so invested in all the characters, and by the end, you're like, I love everyone. <laughs> I yeah. I, the thing is, if you if you read the manga, it it even feels like it ends like a little soon, and that's like fine, honestly. Like yeah. I would obviously have been happy to have more adapted, but at the same time, you know, it is good enough on its own to just, like, exist. And then, obviously, you know, if you don't want to watch the anime and you want to get more of the story, the light novel always exists. You know, people translate Mm -hmm. chapters of light novels all over the place. It's Mm -hmm. one of the the great sort of... um, the grand traditions of pirating media (laughs) is uh, reading translated (laughs) works. Not officially translated works. Okay, well, um, moving on from there, let's talk about Golden Kamui fourth season, which uh, fucking slaps. Yeah, uh, this show, I swear, just keeps getting better. 
Let's go. It it's pretty impressive to me that four seasons in we're one still getting anime seasons. Um yeah. and two, the story is remaining like really interesting and engaging. Yes. And like it's actually really fucking wild when you when you kind of like um get down to it. But I I like it because I love it. it. <laughs> it's so it's such a like exciting adventure story. Yeah. And like it's so rare that you get a story um like this where pretty much everybody is like you know at any moment they could be an enemy or an ally um mm-hmm. yeah. and it makes the the moments when uh when a character like um um you know goes through like a betrayal right you're like no oh my god even <laughs> though like you know like all these guys suck they're all terrible people. <laughs> like, a lot of them are just, like, they just love to kill people. There are a lot of murderers in this show. <laughs> there are a lot of murderers in this show that are like, mm, the army wasn't enough murdering for me, so right. I'm going to become, like, a vigilante, I guess. It is disturbing. <laughs> but, and, like, the guys that they're all tracking, that, that they're tracking now are all, like, criminals in, like, the maximum security prison yeah. of the era. <laughs> so, like, yeah, obviously. Um, But, like, it, mm-hmm. you know... I think Golden Kamui is, like, the perfect adventure story mix of, like, something that is really serious when it needs to be, and it feels, like, very serious and impactful, mm-hmm. and it feels like the stakes are very high. It fe- yes. It's very comically funny when it wants to be. It's, like, mm-hmm. also, like, really horny, but in a really funny way. <laughs> because, like, they're all just, like, they're all just, like, Men, they're all just manly men, and you just get like soft core, like bara porn every couple of like episodes. It's just a bunch of men hanging out. Once, just a bunch of guys the, doing what the they problem. love best, being yeah. around men. Yeah, shirtless. Yep. <laughs> the the homoerotic tension in Golden Kamui is astounding. That's amazing. That's very entertaining. I also think it's really funny that the that the character that they they kind of just like sexually harass the most is Tanigaki. They're just like yeah. mm, getting kind of kind of getting getting kind of thick and juicy. Tanigaki's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Leave me alone. Why are you saying that? <laughs> yeah. So Golden Golden Kamui is like continues to be amazing and continues to be very impressive um Mm -hmm. very well told story very engaging um and the anime is not letting us down if anything it's getting better yeah i would say if you haven't experienced golden kamui yet then you i mean honestly you can just jump in at you can you can start at any point in your life and you'll find yourself binging through all of it (laughs) it's it's very good like that (laughs) um do it yourself uh, which is a very cute anime with a very yes. unique art style. Um, mm-hmm. Occasional flashes of very brilliant um, animated sequences. And it is about a girl that becomes uh, inducted into the, the DIY club, the do-it-yourself club. Um, this show is very cute in a, in the very specific way that a show like like Yuru Camp is like cute and healing, where yes. like you can you can really tell that the point of the show is to just depict for you a very cozy kind of uh, slice of life story with you know endearing characters. Um, we've only watched the first season, but like 
it's very well put together. Ah, uh, it's extremely well done. I was so surprised by this. It's like, is it an? It's like an anime original, isn't it? it just, this is like, a, yeah, it's an original just anime. Came out. Yeah, and um, it's really, really charming, and um, it and yeah, it is like you camp in that. It like it also um takes its time to like teach you a thing or two about like crafting and and carpentry and that and things like that that you can actually do at home um just like your camp teaches you about camping (laughs) so it's um you get a little bit of a little bit of knowledge and you also get really nicely done animation everything looks very pleasing to the eyes and um it's deliberately paced in a way that to me it doesn't feel boring i'm 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 very invested in this uh, child learning how to make things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I would say in general, I think that Yuru Camp really set the the gold standard for a like slow healing show that isn't like boring. Right? There's actual sort of like stuff to be watching about. Um, and do it yourself feels like one side of of that coin where um, it's very cute and charming and you get to learn a little something about, like, something you might not have, you know, thought about doing yourself, but, you know, mm-hmm. lowers the barrier to entry and says, like, hey, you know, you can you can make, it like, a birdhouse if you want to, right? Yeah, or a shelf if you wanna, or... Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> um, funnily, the other end of that coin, uh, the other side of that coin, um, of the Yuru Camp coin, um, is, is Butchie the Rock, which um, I think also has a very similar vibe to yuru camp but in like the in the sort of different way where like it's more about like the character dynamics and um it's uh funny er right in that, in that <laughs> yeah. sense like it's, it's kind of like meant to be kind of a kind of a comedy um yeah. and then also the main character has pink hair so you know it, it's just yuru camp it's just yuru camp is it <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of Bochi the Rock, I would say that uh, the attention to detail in this show is is very good. Um, I've, oh, I've yeah. heard some very specific things about uh, things that I just have never thought about, which is like um, people being like, "Oh, that guitar she's using is is really legit, and the amp she's using is really legit." Um, and there's yeah. something very like there's something very like you know, it's obviously a very contemporary show. You know, it's about a a girl that is like really socially awkward, and she's like, you know what? I want, I want, like, I want Kaon. That's what I want. Like the concept of Kaon <laughs> of like being in, being in like a band in high school mm-hmm. and, um, and making like you know together memories, right? I want that because I'm socially awkward and this is how this is how I'll get everybody to like me. It's actually pretty relatable, honestly. Um, <laughs> and and you know she just goes through middle school and is basically unable to actually muster up the courage to to join the club so she just starts posting videos to YouTube and she's very well regarded on YouTube but you know nobody knows about about that right so mm-hmm. i think i think it's uh i think the premise is very good and i like that the um the sort of direction of the show is like very clearly laid out before you right it's about yes. her about you know her kind of overcoming her um her social anxiety and learning to work together with other people um and yeah. and be part of a band and i think all of that is obviously quite charming it um, is i want to see her make friends and i want to see her become the the rocker that she wants to be cuz you just imagine this like little quiet socially awkward girl and 
she can she can play her instrument like no other and you just want to see her unlock her potential and just really rock right. out on stage and um yeah i do uh, love the attention to detail um you can tell that like it's it's at least written or portrayed by people who like know about the experience of learning this kind of thing and uh, the venues that they go to, um, at least in the first episode that we saw, like look very authentic. I was like, I've been to a venue that looks just like that, that for like, an underground <laughs> yeah, like, concert right. kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> a concert for a band that has like five fans. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I love all of that. I um, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, hopefully, we get time to watch more because oh, I, I love yeah, the show I'm and, definitely and, intending yeah. on watching more. Um, yeah. I I really liked it, um, and I, it was interesting because it feels very um, it feels very well directed for a yeah. show that could easily have been extremely generic. Like if you ever if you look mm-hmm. at a a still mm-hmm. frame of like just you know any of the characters kind of standing there, right? Mm-hmm. Like the art style of it, um, it gives this implication that it could be a quite quite a generic show. Um, right? Yeah. 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 But the actual way that they make the characters move and the attention to detail that they give to their personalities, I think, really does make it pop and and bring yes. it to life in a way that yes. um, would otherwise be very easy to just not do. Um, yeah. So, hats off to you. Uh, I, I we we will definitely be watching more of this. Um, <laughs> speaking of stuff that we are going to be watching, Mobile Suit Gundam: The Witch from Mercury. Oh, oh my gosh. god. Oh my gosh, let's talk about how I I I mean, I've watched Gundam shows before, of course. But I don't I'm 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 struggle to remember the last time I was this invested in a Gundam show. Like I love Gundam shows just in general, but this one is the one that's got me from episode to episode. I'm like, "Yo, what's going to happen next? Yo, I need to make happen? sure my the, the children are okay." And like <laughs> I want to make sure that the Gundam stays with the girl and I want to I want like I'm really invested. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, you know, obviously number 1 they put lesbians in the Gundams and love to see that. <laughs> um number 2, um I think that the the recent crop of Gundam anime I think has been very good about adapting yeah. to um sort of modern sensibilities in yes, terms yes, of yes you know depicting characters and uh and and the motivations and stuff like obviously Gundam has kind of historically been this series that is like kind of like sometimes it's a little space opera e sometimes it's right. you know more grounded um yeah. but historically you know it's uh, a lot of Gundam really um is in its depiction like ah cool robot right like that's the meme is like right, it's a cool right, robot yeah. meme right but like so this is a Gundam <laughs> right so like people people like always think about uh, about Gundam as as the the show with the cool robots that fight each other and the pilots that are like cool and and they do the the Gundam piloting right yeah um, but I think this and Iron Blooded Orphans really focused on um, building characters that you would care yeah. about first and then introducing the Gundam aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. The prologue episode, um, episode zero of oh Witch from Mercury, God. was fucking brutal. Like, the, I, oh I was not God. prepared. I don't know what it was, right? I don't know because um, I think definitely part of it was how well that that episode was structured and told. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I, maybe part of it was I was just feeling very emotionally vulnerable that day, mm-hmm. right? Because like I watched that episode, I was like, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna fucking cry. No, really? <laughs> what the I... fuck? Like, oh, I don't yeah. remember the last time. Yeah. Okay, I do remember the last time. I don't. I was gonna say I don't remember the last time that I cried over like a, an anime, um, like uh, you know, an anime orphan backstory. Um, I do remember because it happens so infrequently, right? Um, and the last time it happened was was when we were watching A Place Further Than Universe, which was like, <laughs> so long ago. But like, wow. But like, I, man, I, like tragic <laughs> anime orphans yeah. are always like one of those like ah shit, man. Yeah, I guess so. here, we you know, yeah, here we go. Again. <laughs> the tears um, are coming. <laughs> but like, man, I I don't know if it was just like. I, I think part of it is like obviously um, the direction is just like very it, the pacing is like really perfect. I think um, they really nailed it. But like, yeah, man, when you're like, oh shit, like, oh shit, her dad's gonna gonna die. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, no! Spoilers for the first episode. The the main character has a tragic backstory. I would um, I would say uh, I mean because we watched so many anime, I was just like. If they're starting this far back for the protagonist, her parents are gonna die, right? And oh yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And and so like, even though you, even if you have that sense and you like, you're like, okay, by the end of the episode they're gonna die, it still hits you, and that's why you, and that's when you know that you've got a good story on your hands. It's like it doesn't matter whether you can call the result or not. It's it's the progression. It's it's it is the pacing. It is the storytelling and the dialogue and and everything that that just comes together. In the end, and then her dad dies, and you're like, "No!" <laughs> yeah, yep. and um, yeah. So the storytelling in the show is is so good. Um, I would say Gundam traditionally, um, at least from what I've experienced of it, um, over the years is like it. You know, a certain um, certain shows like cater to different audiences, right? Some of them are a little more shonen coded. Some of them are just more adult coded you know like um i would say this one feels like the most approachable one that i've experienced thus far to like our audience right um yeah so if you're not right if you're not someone who like is super into robots if you're someone who's more into like character drama this this show is great if you're someone who's like not super into like shonen stuff um, but you can appreciate good action sequences and good like battles and, and, and that kind of thing. This one, this show isn't like all about the battles, but it, it's about the character conflict being told through battles, right? And so it's told through duels specifically, not even like giant space fights with laser pew pews or whatever. It's told through very like like intimate setting. This person is dueling this person for these very clear stakes. Like, they have to state what they're putting on the line for the duel before they start the duel, right? Like, that's how clear-cut it is. But you're still, like, invested in it because, like, the stakes mean something to these characters. Um, So it kind of, like, in a sense, it narrows down, like, the scope of, like, what a Gundam show is. It, like, it brings it all in into, like, a very intimate setting of just like these kids in a like <laughs> like like becoming like like robot pilots right mm-hmm. <laughs> um in this in this, this prestigious academy to just the, the 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 stories of these of these uh future pilots 
um, as opposed to like a world ending conflict, right? And so in that way, that's why I feel like it feels a little more approachable to someone who might be new to Gundam and they're like, oh, I don't want to watch a show about like giant robots whacking at each other or whatever. There, there's a lot more to this show than 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 that, right? There are, of course, Gundam shows that are that specifically cater to that, right? There's a lot of like Gundam technology and like a lot of terminology being thrown around and lots of lots of Gundams fighting each other and that kind of thing. But um, um, this show, like, I think does a great job of, um, I think would be a great way to like bring in a new audience if that's what the studio is going for. I would I would say that. You know, at its at its core, I've uh, <clears throat> I've I've you know written a couple of uh games about like you know mech stuff. Um, mm-hmm. even though like I've I've traditionally just like never been the like m- you know uh the big you know Gundam fan. I I don't really do like the model kit stuff. Um, sure. <laughs> and I don't. I haven't really finished any Gundam series like from from cover to cover. Um, mm. ever really like. A lot of my experience is just kind of like seeing what was like an episode or two of what was airing. Um, so I can't speak to it the best, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say that I think that one of the appeals of of mech shows is is the kind of duel, right? Of like two characters that are are kind of um, locked in in combat with each other. And I think that um, if you're doing it well. Right, that kind of storytelling um, lends itself very well to revealing things about characters, and yeah. I think that um, that is that uh, that is something that is really shining through in um, in Witch from Mercury because it's about specifically it's just about like these kids that aren't they're not like child soldiers going to war right in in the same way that like iron-blooded orphans is it's like mm-hmm. um they're really fighting for for very personal stakes and they're kind of fighting in this like coming of age sort of setting where they're trying to find themselves and define who they are right um mm-hmm. so i think it's it's really interesting it feels uh it, it's really funny to say like um it feels like a like a younger person's gundam um because i it i'm is. not sh- yeah like I, I i think that there are aspects of of gundam that have always been like that that are yeah. being refined in a way that is palatable for um people who don't normally watch um these kinds of shows um exactly so mm-hmm. that's what i yeah. would say for now is like definitely mm-hmm. um if if you've historically never been a fan of gundam um i would i would give this one a shot um, and you sure. might you might find that you you actually do end up enjoying. Yeah, I would say the same. This is um, definitely one of the best ones to approach from. I I've never watched Gundam before. I I of course have heard of the giant robots that are called Gundam, <laughs> but that's about all that I know about it. The show will surprise you in how well it just tells itself as its own story. I think if you're like a traditional Gundam fan. It, you know, it could be hit or miss. Like it, it depends on your expectations, right? Um, if you come in with zero expectations and you're like, "It's a new Gundam story," it'll probably have a Gundam in it. I want to see the new Gundam. Then this, then it'll be right. fine. I, I want to see a Gundam. Make him shoot the lasers. Right. But if you are like, I want to see giant space opera, like bunch of Federation, like 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 this 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 group fighting a war with this group, like. Like a bunch of like that kind of conflict, you're not gonna find it in the show because it's a much much smaller scale. 
So if you're looking for a large-scale Gundam show, then you'll have to revisit some of the other stories. Um, uh, but if you're open to having a much smaller scale story that might, in in terms of like world-ending prospects, has much smaller stakes, but way more personal than um, the show is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I I, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I would I would also say like there is a there is an element that um that I'm sure that they will expand on of this kind of like um of of this like broader sort of corporate political oh, yeah. war. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That I think I think is like interesting and and could be potentially engaging and satisfying for somebody looking for a a, a larger story, but you know, for us like we we like stories that have very personal stakes and yeah. um that is what is drawing us to Witch from Mercury. So Yeah, that's a, I would it's say a preference. That. <laughs> All right, speaking of personal stakes, Akiba made war, which <laughs> I mean really nothing I I like nothing I watched from the trailer could have prepared me for what I what I did watch um so like Akiba <laughs> made war is like about it's about um maids in like maid cafes in Akihabara right in yes. I think the 90s um is is when it's set um it is uh not what I thought it would be at all I don't know what I was no. to be honest I, when I saw the trailer I don't yeah. know what I was expecting, but then the first episode opens and like it's like a like a solemn shot from like like a movie, and then a a, <laughs> a lady just gets fucking shot with a gun and dies. Right? They're definitely so, like so, referencing some traditional, right. like some older movie. With that like, this scene, is absolutely <laughs> this is absolutely probably some kind of reference to like some kind of mafia movie. Like, and that's like ultimately <laughs> what this show is. It is like. It's a gang war mafia show with a side of like really over the top like made antics, right? Made cafe antics. So like you have like the like ah the moe moe kyun and yeah. that's like juxtaposed next to somebody pulling out two pistols and like clearing an entire room full of maids. Yeah. So like it's you know <laughs> Yeah, just 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 made stuff, right? Um <laughs> It's definitely it definitely feels like if you have a bunch of yakuza factions but they're all made cafes. But they're all made cafes, <laughs> right? Yeah, the made cafe is like the storefront, right? It's it's like their front business. It, and then the back business is them going around and eliminating their competition. <laughs> it does honestly feel like it could be a yakuza side story. Um but they've <laughs> yes, expanded it they've like expanded the it out into a whole a whole the show and i don't yes. i don't know who decided that they wanted to do this but i mean godspeed like i i'm so interested i'm so interested i need to watch more of this yeah i, <laughs> I just so easily imagine kiryu walking into any of these mad ca- made cafes and He's getting like, oh my god what happened here conflict. why are there dead maids on the floor why do you have guns <laughs> And then like the and then the like yakuza ba-da-ba-ba music plays and like it's it in the like font the the like, brush font it says you know like uh, Akiba maids <laughs> yeah, and they all like, fucking shoot fight. you with guns and you're like ugh, ugh, ugh. he has to fight his way out of a mob of maids to get out to safety. <laughs> I don't usually like to hit women, but you you've, you clearly have guns and you're you shooting people with them. I I'm so conflicted. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, this show is actually bonkers. Um, it it straight up is a mafia show that has just like absurd juxtapositions of like cutesy <laughs> made shit. Like, and yeah. they're doing it on purpose. It's supposed they to be are. jarring. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is entertaining to say the least. I don't know how we're going to watch all these shows. I'm so interested I'm, in all of them. I don't know. I don't know. I'm afraid my time. <laughs> how is this? Ah! I'm just okay. going to spend Thanksgiving watching anime. I mean, that's, honestly, that's the life, right? Honestly. Okay. Um, well, we've got Pop Team Epic second season, which uh, is the second season of Pop Team Epic. Um, sure is. If you didn't know, that means it's the Pop Team Epic second season. It is. Yep. It is. Um, and it it. It is. It continues to be. <laughs> it continues to be, yeah. <laughs> if you watched the first season and you liked what it gave you, they will give you more in the second season. They have season. more now. There's more. <laughs> For you. <laughs> it's, it more, new, better. Um, the I think the first couple episodes were... I, I, this is the thing I love about Pop Team Epic is that they get like bonkers A-list celebrities to like voice characters. It's like, crazy. <laughs> I, one of the episodes you just have uh, the the uh, you know um, popcorn um, and pp me are voiced by Romy Park and Rie Kugimia. I mean, and just like, like two of the biggest voice actresses in the sure, industry. Sure, why like, not? You like, know? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, at this at this point, I think that the point of the show is to include. Like, you know, in, in the sort of, like, IMDb um, sense, um, just to be able to credit every single popular voice actor that is currently <laughs> working. Um, they all must have Pop Team Epic in their filmography. Right, exactly. <laughs> everybody, needs, everybody needs it in, in their filmography. It's a, it's a badge of honor. Uh, you know um, and they still do the thing where, you know, the first half uh, of the episode is... Uh, the episode and then the second half of the episode is the B-side episode where um, the voices are replaced with the male voice actors. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, it, it is still very, very entertaining yes. in terms of being absurd comedy. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, what do you really say about Pop Team Epic other than like, it is really <laughs> yes. wild. Uh, it is uh -huh. absurd pretty funny and uh is like you know host to some of the the more creative animation that you will see mm -hmm. um in any given anime season uh because they're just they just don't give a fuck yeah <laughs> anyway um yeah recommend that if you've watched the first uh season and you liked it or if you've never watched it um start with the first season but um you know if a an absurd uh, an absurd, absurd comedy is like a like an abstract comedy, uh, a comedy on, on the level of something you would see like at like three a.m. on Adult Swim, but that's the whole show. Yes, um, <laughs> surreal is the word I'm looking for. It's a very surreal <laughs> comedy. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely check it out. Um, play it cool, guys. We managed to watch oh episode gosh. of which we is. Did very charming um it uh you know it, it's not anything too special but it is about uh about um pretty boys that just like are very ditzy and they go through ditz stuff 
right? They're like, ah, yeah. here's my wallet when you're trying to pay for something instead of being like, here's the coins that I pulled out from my wallet, right? And <laughs> they're like, they're relatable and also like kind of cringe, but also like kind of wholesome. Um, it's it's pretty cute. I think it's a it's a short form, so you get like three it's episodes. A short form. You get yes. like three episodes per episode, and at the total episode length is like eleven minutes. So very very easy to go down if you want to watch something like that. Yeah, I would, I would agree with all of that. Okay, um, and uh, My Master Has No Tail, um, which is about a tanuki that um, begins to learn Rakugo. Um, the concept is very interesting. I uh, think it's pretty cute. Um, I feel like I'm fine if I don't really continue to watch it. Nothing about it was, like, too overly compelling yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. It's not like I was I thought that it was a bad show or anything like that. It was fine and there was Rakugo in it and they didn't like spice it up too much. You know, they didn't like they did a little bit of the uh oh, this is what the character is imagining as she's hearing the story. Right. I'm I'm like fine with a little bit of that, but mostly I want to I want to experience the Rakugo too. I want to feel like I'm in the audience, right? Um so they didn't do like an excessive amount of that which i appreciated um but yeah it's it's a a pretty light watch pretty easy watch i would say um it's not to the uh i mean like i would say the last really compelling rakugo show that we watched was showa genroku uh, rakugo um uh which like that had like a bunch of like character drama stuff going on with it too, in addition to the Rakugo. So, um, uh, it's a fine show. Um, if you want like like a lightweight Rakugo show, or if you don't quite know what Rakugo is and you just kind of want to be able to experience it, you don't get the heavy drama that comes with the other uh, show that I mentioned. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fine. But yeah, I'm also fine if we don't you know, end up continuing it. <laughs> that is that is generally how I feel. Okay. Uh, and the mm-hmm. last thing on our list here is To Your Eternity second season, which I didn't watch. Yeah, we didn't watch this one. Um but there's another we didn't I mean we mentioned it but we didn't talk about it. We we also watched Wait, did we no we didn't talk about it. we didn't talk about my Mob Psycho one hundred. Oh yeah, it. okay, sorry. Yeah. I, I we completely skipped Mob Psycho one hundred. Um, <laughs> it is still going and uh it's still going stronger than ever before um very worth watching yeah this is the broccoli arc <laughs> oh man um, i wasn't prepared i wasn't it's it is very good um the animation continues to be amazing um and you you definitely feel your emotions being you know pushed and pulled like <laughs> you know um Yep. Uh the the broccoli is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Man. <laughs> only only Mob Psycho 100 could make me care about the things that it makes me care about. It's it's a little upsetting actually. It is. Um, yeah, it is. Mob Psycho 100 is still to this day one of the best anime depicting uh very like just like very raw honest emotion right yeah um and it's like really endearing in doing so i think it's it's interesting because i think um 
it's funny because it's airing at the same time as Chainsaw Man. Um, Chainsaw Man is also really similar in terms of how raw and honest and emotional it is, but it depicts it in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mob Psycho is like, man, what a what a what a fucking masterclass in character writing. Like, it's it continues to be so good, and the you know the way that it's being adapted is still like one of the best adaptations of like any any you know non-anime to anime sort of you know adaptation out there i i think it is very easy for me to say that mob psycho 100 is is like probably one of the best adaptations of anything that exists it's really really well done i um i'm so glad we're wa- we got more of it and then we're watching it um i'll happily watch the rest of the season as well um, I, I, I can't really find anything to complain about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I would, I would say that Mob Psycho is easily one of my favorite shows that exists. Yeah. Um, there <laughs> is just, like, so much to like about it. There's so much to care about. Like, the characters all feel so, like, you know, rounded and realistic and grounded. And, and you know, they're just... They just feel like like the world is like it just exists, um, which is funny because it's like a world with like psychics and ghosts and <laughs> demons, um, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's like very, it's very absurd. Um, but yeah. Mob Psycho is like it's it's interesting because it approaches some of the same subject matter that um, One Punch Man does, but it it approaches it from a from a different angle. Um, and, yes. Ah, uh, man. There's just so much I could talk about in terms of, of how good Mob Psycho is. Um, but definitely one of my favorite anime on the planet. So <laughs> season three still going extremely strong. So I would I would highly, highly recommend continuing. Yes, to watch. it has not dropped off if if you're worried about that kind of thing. Um definitely if you watched the first and second seasons and you've enjoyed them then Third season uh, maintains that quality. It's great. Definitely. Okay. Uh, what did you watch that I didn't? Because I see a couple things listed down here. Um. Yeah. So I wrapped up a couple of things from the last season that I was like, I mean, we started them. I'll I'll go ahead and just finish them in my spare time. So, uh, I'll start with Kamikuzu Idol, which had a funny premise, which was about the two dudes becoming idols. They're they're part of an idol group and they want to be you know bigger. Um, and a ghost of a past idol inhabits the body of, of one of the male idols. And she's, she was like basically like top of her game kind of idol before she passed away. And she's trying to use this opportunity to inspire this male idol to actually take passion in his job that he just doesn't have. He just, he just kind of is just very blase about everything. Um, and so the show continues from that point to basically he starts gaining more like appreciation for his job, for his co-idol, his partner in the group. He, he gains some like fans, one of which was another male idol from a different group. <laughs> um, and then by the end, you're expecting the, the very typical like, she's a ghost so she's gonna say bye because the show's over right right but then they don't do that <laughs> oh okay she just 
days. <laughs> and that's the show. They just wrap it up after their second anniversary concert. And I was like, really? <laughs> We're just going to end it there? And yeah, they, they end it. They end it after their concert. They do like a whole concert filled with a bunch of songs. And granted, the show does like do its best to like have a ton of songs for this show, even though the budget for the animation is like pretty minimal and like the concerts are like done in like you know CG and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um the uh yeah, I was impressed by the song repertoire and I was not very impressed by the ending of the show. It just feels like and then they continue on. <laughs> But I guess the guy had his character arc. He did, by the end of the show, appreciate his job a lot more and his fans a lot more. He wasn't completely transformed, but you could tell that he actually liked his job now. And that was it. That's the show. He's still possessed by a ghost. I don't know what to say. I guess so. (laughs) Um, So the other thing that I caught up on was uh, Shadow's House Season 2. Ah, uh, and my God. <laughs> um, so the first season does, of course, a lot of setup, right? You're learning about the Shadow's House. You're learning about the rules. Um, you very slowly but surely learn more about what's going on, why, what's going on with the living dolls and why they're humans and why they're serving these, these shadows that emit soot. Um, and then you, you find out that the living dolls don't even realize that they're humans. And they, they learned that during the show, right? In season one. And so season two builds off of that concept, okay, of, okay, some of these children, uh, some of the, 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 the kids in the children's wing know the secret, right? That the living dolls are humans, that they probably were taken from the village or somewhere out there outside of Shadow's house and brought here to become a living doll, but why? And so while they're figuring out this whole situation, they stumble on this mystery of some 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 shenanigans are happening in the children's wing where um these little these little soot minions are like infecting some of the children and causing them to have soot sickness. You don't know what's going on. You, there's a mysterious cloaked figure. And you're like, oh my gosh, this person is the one that's behind everything. And so the children are trying to catch them because uh, Kate, who is the, uh, the uh, uh, Emilico's, you know, uh, master, quote unquote, you know, uh-huh. the person that she serves, um, she is the one being blamed for the incident, right? Because of the stuff that happened in season one where she pissed off Edward. Edward is saying like, yo, watch out for Kate. I bet she's going to do some stuff. And then some stuff happens, right? And so then everyone starts suspecting Kate. So she's she takes it upon herself to try and find out what's going on with this mysterious cloaked figure. And it feels like it's going to go in a pretty typical direction, like pretty low stakes. And my goodness, by the end of the, sh- the season, <laughs> there Uh-oh. are... Um, allusions to uh people ending their own lives oh my um, god like people who did not like like not non-adult people <laughs> um oh, from the oh ch- my <laughs> yeah uh 
granted, like, like I don't want to spoil too much, but it, it doesn't show anything, right? Like, I'll, I'll just make that clear. It just, it just like, like a character comes in and says this person ended their own life, and then the character's like, what? And um, yeah. So that's basically like, like it ends very dramatically. Um, the second season. Um, it also like ends in a pretty like on a pretty satisfying note in a weird way too like there are the the dramatic revelations of course but then in the end there's like the main characters taking some agency and you see like emilico especially very empowered by the end of this the the second season she starts actually taking charge and taking lead of like the situation that's that's going on so i'm i'm kind of hoping that they they make more i hope they make a season three so that i i can watch the animation figure out what's going on because i haven't read the manga yet um, I'd be happy to read the manga too, of course, but yeah, the animation does a good job of like conveying the soot powers because there's a lot more soot powers that go on in the second season as well. You get to learn, of course, as you learn, uh, you get introduced to more of the shadows in the house. Um, you get to see more, uh, unique powers, um, and the, the whole magic system involved, I guess. So <laughs> it's cool. It's a really cool season. I highly recommend it. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm. I have been meaning to watch more of uh, of Shadow's House. Obviously, time mm-hmm. constraints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh neat. All right, uh, is that is yeah, that everything? Have have we covered everything? everything? My goodness, this still ended up being quite long. <laughs> we did our best. <laughs> well, anyway, that's how it goes. <laughs> All right, uh, who are you, and can we find you on the internet? I am Renu, also known as Swan. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Twitch, all of that at swandrawn. Um, on Fridays, I stream uh, games, and I am in the middle of streaming Resident Evil 2 Remake. I mm. am so scared. <laughs> of this game (laughs) every every time i sit down to play it i am so filled with dread and fear and i haven't even gotten to the scariest parts of the game yet it's just really well done it's it's distressingly well done this game fair Um, enough i i played the original the original re2 um before this and and the the difference between them is just it it's it's just miles different um uh, I, I've enjoyed both so far, even though I'm just scared out of my mind while playing the remake. Uh, I'll be playing more this Friday. Well, I mean, I don't know when this episode will be released, but I'll probably still be playing it by the time I'm this most likely, comes out. yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. And sometimes on Thursdays, I stream art. So, yeah. Cool. Um, nice. Sw- swing on by. <laughs> yeah, I um I have uh I've been wanting to stream a little bit more, but I will not promise anything because uh we all know how I'm like. So <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> cool. Um well, you can find me all the places at literal soup. Um I with the sort of like impending death of of Twitter, uh, that has just been kind of slowly, I say slowly, it's taken like a week. That's actually uh, kind of sickening. 
Um, huh? <laughs> but with the, with the impending implosion uh, of Twitter, not just in the kind of like, um, uh, not just in the kind of like, uh, oh, you know, Elon Musk is in charge and he's making bad decisions. It's like, no, actually, this is like critical. He's like firing like seventy five percent of the staff and like all the yeah. critical engineers, and like the the website might not even actually work in a week, <laughs> which is terrifying. Um. You can find me all the places at La Real Soup. I'm doing what I'm doing, uh, making making stuff. Um, I'm focusing. Um, I'm trying to focus a little bit more on writing um, recently, and um, uh, that's that's just kind of uh, kind of been what I'm up to. Focusing on you know me, my writing. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not worrying too much about like uh, getting a job immediately. Obviously, getting one would be good and great and ideal but you know so it goes right um if if i can just spend a lot of time working on my my personal projects um that would just that would just make me happy um that's good yeah um that's that's what i'm up to um i did learn that the new pokemon game is coming out by the time you listen to this episode it will have been out for uh probably a couple weeks um and that is news to me i didn't know when it was coming up but apparently it's yeah. like it's like out like tonight slash tomorrow up. yeah uh-huh. um i i'd say which will give you the exact date that we are recording this on uh, once again i've dated the podcast i tried really hard this time but i couldn't you, i couldn't resist bringing this up because i was inevitably like, <laughs> my, my perception of time is just no it's fine blah. i i brought up thanksgiving so now people know <laughs> exactly basically when we're recording this but yeah anyway um i guess we'll we'll see you next time um i'm honestly at this point i don't even know what the like content schedule is for for the next episode um like we're (laughs) we'll we'll see we'll see uh it was it was meant to be the the year of renu and it it turned into renu took a vacation Excuse <laughs> you, don't you blame me. <laughs> Rennie took a vacation, which she deserved. I also My took a vacation. My sabbatical wasn't the only reason. <laughs> I also took a vacation, which, to be fair, I think I deserved. <laughs> we all need vacations sometimes. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, we'll have a proper episode out at some point that isn't just a seasonal stuff. We've been catching up on the seasonal stuff. It really takes a lot out of you to do the, the seasonal stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I guess like, on that note, you know, our opening is by Taco Makata. No, other way around. Our opening is by Scotch Network, and our ending is by Taco Makata. And we will see you next time. ね。